0: He will I can hear the sound of the line of Hello, Agape Church and friends. Welcome to the Building Up Podcast, episode number 91. I'm David and very grateful to have you listening with us today. What is the relationship between a Christ follower and works? Now, to give a definition, we talk about works I'm speaking of the actions, behavior that your life produces, the character that your life produces. What is the relationship between you following Christ and growing in Christ and doing works? How do those things go together? This is something I touched on in a a recent sermon, and uh, when it was over with, I, I really questioned myself. At whether or not I had, had ran through some of that preaching a bit too quickly. And, and my concern was that the wording that I used without giving a fuller explanation may have created some ambiguity that just wouldn't be helpful on a very important topic. I, I've spoke of this many times at our church, but I think when it comes to the Christian life and spiritual growth, yeah you know, the the road that we're on is a very narrow path that's how Jesus described it and whenever I think of this narrow path I picture on either side uh there are these large drop-offs these deep ditches if you will of error and, and on one side of the road when it comes to this pathway to Christ to heaven spiritual growth uh that one side of this road is, is this deep ditch of error called legalism. And that is just where you believe that your sanctification, which means growth in godliness, growth in Christ is, it's all about what you do. That you get saved and then you keep the rules, you keep the commands, you do all the right behaviors. And that is what pleases God and that is what gets you to heaven and that is what perfects you. And that of course is not in the Bible. Uh, now on the other side of the road there's a, a deep ditch of error that is is really just the opposite of legalism there's a big church word for it. it's called antinomianism but basically it is the idea that because Christ has done the work of salvation for us on the cross and because that work is finished and because we are perfected by faith that our works don't matter it doesn't matter what we do and that too is a error a very very large error when it comes to uh, biblical teaching. So I I think it's very important for us to understand how works work. <laughs> how do works fit into the Christian life? And so I want to take a little time on this podcast to try to bring clarification uh, where it might be needed, specifically in what I recently said in uh, a message from our series called Burning Brightly, which is us walking through the seven letters of Jesus to his churches in the first century in Revelation. And we were looking at the very last letter of Laodicea, and we were covering Revelation, I believe chapter 3 verse 20, where Jesus is telling the church, I'm standing and I'm knocking, and if anyone will open the door and let me in, I will come and I will eat a meal with them, this sign of intimacy. And he's speaking not to those who are lost, but he's actually speaking to the church. The church in Laodicea had become so self-sufficient and self-absorbed, and they they thought they needed nothing, that they had pushed Christ out of their fellowship and had not even realized it. So Jesus is saying, hey, I'm standing outside the church and I'm knocking, but I, I want to come and be in your midst and for you to depend on me. And so that was the context of the sermon. So let me give you the quote. I, I don't have the technological expertise at this point to uh, to splice it in, so I'm going to read you the quote that uh, I am speaking of. We are saved by grace through faith, period. You bring nothing to the table when it comes to your salvation. Not one single work earns you redemption. But grace is a free gift. It's not a free ride. Your relationship with Christ requires something of you. There are some people who lean way too much on works and think that the Christian life is all about what they do. That's legalism. But there are some people that would like to take works out of the Bible altogether, and you cannot do that. When you're saved, you work with the power of the Holy Spirit. You work on your relationship and your fellowship with Jesus. It's not automatic. If it was automatic, Jesus would not be standing outside of Laodicea asking to be let in. All right, that's the end of the quote. So what did I mean when I said grace is a free gift, not a free ride, which was a quote from a friend of mine. Shout out to Emmanuel. Grace is a free gift, not a free ride. Your relationship with Christ requires something That's the part of the statement I want to try and explain a little bit further, and I'm going to do that by trying to systematically step through some passages passages of Scripture that relate to this topic. So we're going to go through several different passages in the New Testament, Uh, so just kind of bear with me in that, and if you want to look these up on your own uh, later, you can, or if you pause the podcast and look them up as we go. So I I want to start with grace, right? We are saved by grace, and I'm going to take it a step further and say that we are sanctified by grace as well. All right, So sanctification, again, that is the process of holiness, of you becoming like Christ. Uh, we, we know that when we're saved, we still struggle with sin in this world. And so God is sanctifying or changing us into uh, what he's already declared us to be, which is righteous. And that is all a work of grace. So Ephesians 2 says God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast very clearly there church we are saved You believe upon Christ and his finished work on the cross. He lived the life of perfection that you could not live. He died the death that you deserved. He showed his power over death in the resurrection, and he offers you his inheritance, his righteousness, his perfect standing before God. He has done all the work. So now that when you believe upon Christ and you're saved now, it's a process that, You are growing in godliness, and the Bible calls it sanctification. Well, how does that work? Well, it's by grace as well. Galatians chapter 3, Paul asks the church there this question. Did you receive the Spirit, talking about salvation, by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Of course, the answer there is by hearing with faith. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And of course, the answer to that is no. Paul is saying, if this journey of salvation started by the work and the grace of God and the Spirit of God, then certainly your perfection or your sanctification also comes by the Spirit of God, not by your work. So don't be foolish. So grace is what saves us. Grace is what sanctifies us. Now, that would seem to perhaps put works out of the picture, but... The entirety of the New Testament shows us that that's not the case because God works his grace of sanctification through practical means. It is not some... Uh, you know, I don't know another way to put it. He's not just zapping you with holiness. You know, when you sleep at night, like it, like your soul is growing in holiness and God's doing that and, and you're just unaware of it and, and, and what you are doing or thinking on or how you're acting or conducting yourself doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't show us that. God works his grace of growing us in holiness through very practical means. For example, in James chapter one, we're told he uses trials. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, brothers and sisters, because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness has its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. Talking, of course, about being perfect and complete spiritually. God uses a very practical means of trials to work his grace in us and sanctify us. He also uses the practical means of your will of you exerting effort. Colossians chapter three, we are told, put to death what is earthly in you. That's a command of the Bible of God to Christians. We should actively be putting to death what is earthly in us. He goes on to say sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, Idolatry. In these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. So there is a command of our will that we are to exert effort to put to death what is earthly in us and to put away these things that are ungodly. Does that mean that we are being sanctified by our works? No. We are being sanctified by grace, the power of God. But God works through practical means like trials, like commands, like us exerting our will. A good example of this, I think, is, is confession of sin. Romans chapter 5 tells us that as a believer, we have been justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. That means that we're justified. It means you've been declared not guilty of your sins. And because of that justification, you now have peace with God. But then 1 John 2 tells believers That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we don't have sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. John goes on to say, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So, The example here that we're using is that while we have been declared not guilty of our sin, God still uses the means of confession to help grow us in that justification, in living it out, in becoming what he has already declared us to be, the already but not yet. And without confession, we can actually hinder our relationship with God. We don't lose our salvation, but without confession, we can hinder that relationship with God. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, and eventually, if we just refuse to repent and confess our sins, John goes on to say it's pointing us to a spiritual problem. it's possible you're you're not actually saved to begin with so confession is this very practical means that God has ordained for His grace to work through us. It's still his great excuse me, it's still his grace, and it's still his effort that's changing us and so It's not us doing the work, it's Him doing the work. But He does it through these means. He's the source of transformation. So in other words, if you were just confessing your sins without being connected to God by faith, that confession wouldn't do anything. You'd simply be saying you're sorry all the time and I shouldn't have done that. Then you go right back to doing the same thing over and over your entire life without seeing any change at all. But when you confess connected to the faith and the power of God, He is using that means to transform you. Confession that you do is empowered by God. It changes your heart. So that's the big picture, I believe. So it is grace that saves us and grace that sanctifies us, but God is working His grace through practical means, our works. And so you can see this a couple of places in the Bible uh, very clearly. I think Romans 8 if you live according to flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So in Romans 8, it is you, you are the agent that is putting to death the deeds of the body, but it is by the Spirit that this works. It's by the Spirit that this action uh, on your part of exerting your will to try and kill sin is actually effective. The Spirit is sanctifying you through means that God has ordained, means that you're responsible for. One more, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he was talking about preaching. And he said, It is by the grace of God that I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than anyone, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me. So we preached and you believed. So Paul looked at it this way, is that when, when we, we've been preaching and we've seen people come to know Christ, and I have exerted my will, I have lost sleep, I have, uh, maybe, I've exerted my energy and my efforts, and I have put aside myself, and I have worked extremely hard. You can't find anyone who's worked harder than me at this act of preaching. But at the end of the day, it wasn't me that saved you. It wasn't me that did anything. It was the grace of God that was in me. That's how Paul saw it. It was God and His grace that was doing the effective changing of people, including Himself. But God was using the means, the work of preaching to make that happen. And so Paul ends that chapter saying, "'Brothers, be steadfast, be immovable. Always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain.'" So my summary, and that was a lot, I realize, in this short amount of time, but my summary is Philippians 2.12. It's a passage that I tell our church all the time. I think is one of the most important in all of the New Testament. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So when I said grace is a free gift, not a free ride, your relationship with Christ requires something of you, what I was saying there is that Jesus requires of us effort, responsibility to obey His commands. We are to work out our own salvation. We're to be disciplined and steadfast and we're to be aware and we're to try and put to death sin and be holy and be loving to people. We're to push aside what is not of God. But every bit of this we do, knowing that it's not us. We don't make it work. It's not works of the law that we're relying on. We're not being sanctified by our efforts. We're doing these things because Christ has commanded us to. Our reliance is on God. We look to Christ. His grace is in us. His grace is working on us, changing our desires and changing our efforts and making them profitable. You just doing religious routine, it can't change you. But relying on Jesus and being faithful to the commands that he has ordained for your Christian life will change you. And and here's the beauty of this. Here's why I think it is so important for us to get. Because there's going to be a lot of times that you're going to ask, am I actually going to get there? Am I going to see this sin die? Am I going to see more of Jesus in my life? Is, Is really the means of discipline, is it going to be worth this effort? Will I actually be sanctified? And the answer is yes. Don't give up. And how do you know that you will be sanctified? Because God has secured you as as His child. You are justified in His sight, and you will be sanctified, and nothing can change that. You have the right standing of Christ, and right now while you're still in the flesh, He is the one doing the changing and the growing to make you more like Jesus. So church, as Paul told the Corinthians, endure, keep going, abound in the work of the Lord, in the means that he has ordained, and know your labor is not in vain. I hope this has been helpful. I know we've went over a little bit of what we normally do on the podcast. There was a lot of information I'd love to hear from you. Use the email in the outro if you'd like to get in touch with me to talk about this more. Thank you for being with us today. Until next time, church, grace and peace to all of you. Thank you for listening to the Building Up Podcast, a ministry of Agape Church in Pinson, Alabama. If you have a question about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us buildingup at agapepinson.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app. My face so fierce, he